0: Hello and welcome to Trade Tips from the World Bank Group, I'm Sarah Trino. This is the podcast where we tackle some of the big questions in the world of trade and explore the solutions. In this episode, just why are women so invisible when it comes to trade? And why does it matter that policies and practices
1: are designed to be gender inclusive? trade has been and will continue to be a very critical driver of poverty reduction. But it's usually really hard to win a game if you're playing with half the players or far less players compared to the other team.
2: Particularly a Rwandan woman in this industry, what policies can we put in place to make sure that this new industry is going to be a a, a win-win? We'll be hearing
0: from Rwanda from the Solomon Islands and from the World Bank in Washington, D.C. All that and more coming up on the podcast.
1: Trade Trade tips. Trade tips.
2: Trade tips.
0: The sounds you're hearing are from a trilingual nursery in Kigali, the capital of Rwanda. The nursery is attached to a clothing manufacturer and for the women who work there in various jobs, and it is mainly women, it's free for their children to attend. Let's hear more.
2: Okay, so hello. So so my name is Maurice Mbonimutwa. I am uh, Rwandan born, but I do have dual nationality. I'm Belgian, Belgian as well. I'm currently based in Kigali. I've been involved in a new project since 2018 in, uh, in Rwanda. So I've been in this business for the last 23 years working mainly with factories in China and uh, Southeast Asia for major retailers in Europe. So that's, uh, that's a little bit about me. I uh, just launched also a new project, which is a brand called, uh, called Asanti, a new Pan-African brand that we hope will be a catalyst for the, the fashion garment and textile industry. I asked why she chose the name Asanti, similar to the Swahili word for thank you. Us as a collective of designers coming from 12 different countries in Africa, I thought that this is the best way we could give a subtle thank you to a continent. So why did you start an Africa-based manufacturing brand? Why was that aspect important to you? When you are in the garment, garment manufacturing industry and you've been to Bangladesh, Vietnam, Cambodia, you really do realise the job creation potential of this industry, especially for, for young women and for, and for the youth. Being in an industry that can generate so many jobs and... Uh, uh, comparing with the unemployment crisis we have on the continent, that in 23 years of, of industry, I've never seen an African brand that was global uh, selling elsewhere as well. For, for a continent of 1.2 billion people not having a, a global brand, what was what, it was a pity. Explain to me a little bit about how you see the role
0: of women in this kind of industry and the role um, women play more generally in the garment
2: trade. In our industry, the part of women is huge. In our, on our site, on our four sites in Rwanda, where we now have close to 5,000 workers, we've got over 80% of them are women. The only criteria to work, to start on in our factory, you need to be random and over 18. And unfortunately, I can't remember who rightfully said it, that. The, the poorest man on earth is a woman. So you, you tend to have a lot of, uh, a lot of women in, in our industry. So
0: how have you designed this manufacturing and fashion business with all of its various logistical issues
2: and challenges to put women at its heart? So first of all, we do, we do have a free lunch for all the workers. Then we have set up a nursery. We introduced also free sanitary pads for, for women. To your question about including women in in this type of uh, of work and environment it's 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 key we know from countries like bangladesh
0: that the garment industry can be transformational in terms of jobs tell me how
2: you see this in an africa context for uh, a random worker particularly a random woman in this industry what uh, policies can we put in place to make sure that in the end, this new industry we're bringing in this country is going to be a, a, a win-win and that the, the, the benefit will be equally spread. So what kinds of challenges in terms of trade have you seen so far? 80% of our materials for Ascentia source in the continent, the, the access to, to, to raw material has also been a problem and very costly. Like for Ascenti, we, we are using cotton from Madagascar for Egypt, from Morocco. We we have identified quite a lot for interest, interesting traditional African textile, but which unfortunately are not up to international standards. Logistics is still is still a challenge. From Madagascar to Kigali is probably the weirdest route they've ever they've ever had. It will take us up to two weeks, three weeks sometimes, even by 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 air freight. Which is which, which is a lot, and uh, and another cost actually as well that we have uh, experienced with Asante, and which is a pity because we want to promote uh, intra-Africa trade. Uh, Still, all the tariffs. So today, if we were to maintain the same margin, Asante will be much cheaper in Paris and London that it will be in Lagos or Abidjan even Johannesburg because of the import import duties and the logistic costs. That's incredible. Uh, uh, absolutely. This this is the case. So we have a lot of hopes obviously on the on the African Continental Free Trade Agreement. We we yeah we do we do put all our hopes in uh into disagreement. What Maurice and Asanti
0: are setting up in Rwanda, a Pan African clothing brand with women at its heart, is, however, unusual. I wanted to hear more about some of the issues small-scale female traders can face, so I started messaging Diana Yates. She's a cocoa exporter and processor, amongst other things, and her company, Cathlero Trading, sources its cocoa from hard-to-reach parts of the Solomon Islands, where she's based.
3: Hello, Sarah. Good um, morning, this is Diana. There are instances that you're being a female, you're not being notified. Uh, If there are upcoming events, I do cocoa, I do chocolate and there are certain events that happen around the Solomons, but I'm not sure if it's because I'm a female. My main aim is to create job opportunities for those that are living in the rural areas. Those young people who drop out from schools, there's so much resources in the Solomon Islands and we need to understand how we can really convert or value-add those resources and find the market. There are many of us who have product, uh, export-ready products, but we were not invited at all, or we were not being informed. If we sit back and we do not explore, we will be at the disadvantage. So what's going on?
0: I wanted to hear more.
1: Yes, so hi, my name is Heidi Stansland warren and I'm a senior private sector specialist at the World Bank Group, uh, where I lead the World Bank's efforts on trade facilitation and gender. Heidi, why does
0: it matter that we have women participating in trade?
1: Our research at the World Bank has shown that trade can substantially improve economic outcomes for women by increasing employment and wages, creating better jobs, and lowering costs. And countries which are more open to trade and investments, in fact, have higher levels of gender equality. And by creating a more gender friendly trade environment and attracting more women to participate in international trade, we can improve economic outcomes for women. But at the same time, though, we see that there are fewer women owned firms that import or export goods compared to men in most countries, even if they make up half the population. And compared to men, women traders often face policy and legal obstacles and gender-biased socio- sociocultural norms, higher tariffs and non-tariff barriers, and lack of access to technology, finance, and education. And some countries do actually not allow women to fully participate in the economy, and these countries are less competitive internationally, uh, particularly those countries with export industries that globally have high women employment rates. Trade has been and will continue to be a very critical driver of poverty reduction. But it's usually really hard to win a game if you're playing with half the players or far less players compared to the other teams. And
0: what kinds of policy issues are we talking about here? You know,
1: no country overtly imposes tariffs according to gender, but implicit implicit biases can amount to so-called pink tariffs that put women at an economic disadvantage, and what this means is that tariffs of goods that women typically trade or consume, such as agriculture goods, textiles, or other manufactured goods, usually have a higher tariff than other goods. We at the World Bank have conducted a survey of over 8,500 traders and custom clearing service providers in five Pacific Island countries, Brazil, the Philippines, and South Africa, to confirm if there are gender-specific gaps related to cross-border processes and procedures. And while the findings of this work depend on the country contacts, we did see that women generally face more challenges than men, with regards to trade facilitation. For example, women traders often find it harder to find and understand official information related to trading goods across borders. Fewer women are represented in trade associations, which are important entities to obtain critical information on trade and help traders provide feedback to government regulators. Similarly, we found that fewer women are regularly consulted by the government on matters related to border processes. And if women don't have a say, then their needs will not necessarily be taken into consideration. When we've
0: spoken before, you talked about some work that the World Bank had done in the Great Lakes region in Africa, um, where really practical steps have helped facilitate
1: inclusion of women in trade at borders. Can you explain? Um, This is a region that has a number of very busy border crossings, some with over 50,000 traders crossing the borders every day, and most of them are trading in very small scale. And about 80% of the small scale traders are women. Now, the World Bank has been working with governments and regional institutions for a number of years in the regions to support small-scale traders. For instance, we've helped introduce simplified trade regimes, which covers customs duty exemptions and simplified clearance procedures for low value transactions, typically conducted by small-scale traders. And this makes it much easier to trade across borders for for these small-scale women traders. And the World Bank has also been funding improvements in border infrastructure to cater for the needs of small-scale traders. So, for instance, um, uh, pedestrian lanes, providing lighting and fencing at the borders. And then we've helped introduce a worker's code of conduct to prevent and mitigate risks of gender-based violence at the borders, too. And the improved relations between traders and border officials, um, you know, coupled with greater accountability and less impunity of officials, have helped reduce harassments uh, from 78% to 45% at one of the borders in the region. So this is really significant. Um, but I'll say that one of the quick wins under one of the, pro- of the projects was the introduction of solar powered lighting at the borders between DRC and Rwanda. And this has not only improved the safety and security of traders and officials, but has also led to an extension of border opening hours, and this is of particular importance to small-scale women women traders because it allows them to better organize their trading activities around their own family commitments. And for example, at the Goma border crossing in the region, the trade flow is now around 50,000 traders daily, which is double that of when the World Bank project was prepared there.
0: Heidi, Diana and Maurice. Thank you so much for these fascinating insights. It's clearly a huge and complex issue. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of Trade Tips from the World Bank Group. I'm Sarah Trino. Do check out our other episodes where we tackle subjects from climate change and how to make trade greener to technology and what we can learn about trade agreements from Caribbean Rum Cake. See you soon.